Episode 65, and Elliot Friedman's going to join us here in a little bit. We'll recap everything from the Heritage Classic. I know you watched that game, right? I did. Yeah, you did. I think we both did. A lot of it's a great game. It was a great game. There's lots of action. Sabres building on a few uh, few nice games here, right? Well, they're they're getting secondary scoring. They're they're you know that top line in, in Tage Thompson, Tuck, and, and Skinner. Um, it's it's a strong line. It's a strong um, first line for this team. But we're starting to get uh, you know Vinny Hinnestroza. Got to give him got to give him props. Got to give him some credit. Made some really nice plays in the game. Scored two goals. He added a, a beautiful uh, a beautiful assist. I mean, he played exceptionally well. You have Peyton Krebs who uh, buried buried two. This is this is uh, a lot of really good signs for the Sabers. They just seem like uh, they're building something. They're they're building like a team. We'll get we'll get more into that. We'll get into the suspension too. Or no, sorry, I a little premature there for me to call it a suspension. But uh, Austin Matthews will have a hearing today. Mm-hmm for the cross check to the head neck, not so much here or here, but here uh, across the jawline there on uh, Rasmus Dahlin. So we'll talk about that. If there's a suspension or a fine to be had, clearly something's going to come of it. Elliot will fine. It won't be a fine. Okay. All right. We'll save that. Cause I want to, I want to just, before we get into all of that and Vegas losing again and then again, since the Sabres game, um, I just want to, you, you know, we, you know, win as a team, lose as a team, but you pretty much set the world on fire the other day when it came to Jack Eichel's post-game comments. And we're not trying to relive in the past here and, and stay on that topic, but I mean, you got to kind of go back with the feedback and the response and the downloads, like the mass amount of people that went to listen to that episode Great editing by me too, eh? by the way. What a clip to put out there. Just you shredding Jack. Perked everybody's eyes and ears up. And I think that forced them. They had no other choice when they heard that. I don't that. know. Did I shred him? Is that is that the way it looked? I just <laughs> did you, you know shred what? him? It's called, I'd it's say called speaking the truth. I'd say it was a drive-by assassination of his character, sure. And I, you well, know what? And I me, echoed. You're gonna talk about character. I want everybody to, to, to listen to what I'm going to say. We're going to talk about character. Okay. You're the one who brought it up. The big C word. <laughs> Five He's years. Trying ago. to bask in our glory here. You just want to keep going, but I, I love it. Asking anyone in our glory. I don't give a crap about glory and downloads and all that crap. I like to speak. <laughs> and so do you. We like, I I'm honest. And if, if, if my honesty irritates people, then don't download us and don't listen to the damn show. That's that's the way I look at things. I want to be you irritated I anybody, want... Craig. I think I think what you did is you provided a lot of closure for people, but I don't want to. There's the C okay. word I'll drop on you is closure. But I, I, but I want ahead. I want people to understand the word character. And and we're talking about a player that is the future and was going to be the future of this organization five years ago. I had a hockey team from here in Buffalo, Buffalo Junior Sabres hockey team. These kids were nine years old, nine years old. We went to a tournament in Long Island. 
So not, I want you to think about this. Not only are these young kids elated to go to a Sabres game in Buffalo, it's an honor to go for their parents to spend the money to go to these games, okay? We were going to Long Island to play the Islanders in their building. These kids were off the chart excited. Had nothing to do with the tournament we were going to. They didn't even care. You could tell all they talked about was going to watch the Buffalo Sabres and Jack Eichel. And here's the best part about it. We got passes to go downstairs after the game to see the players on the team. And in that game, we had 15 kids wearing Buffalo Junior Sabres jerseys. And they even showed them on the Videotron in Long Island. And the kids were standing. You can't even imagine how excited these young boys were. The parents were excited. The kids were excited. It was completely off the chart. Well, after that game, we went downstairs. And every one of these kids was waiting for one person. And one person only. Jack Eichel. And these kids were waiting and they were looking and you could see the buzz and how excited these kids were. And I'm thinking my whole time, these kids aren't going to get to sleep tonight because we got a game at like eight o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking the coach thing. And I'm looking at these kids going, it doesn't matter if we lose 20, nothing, this experience, they will, they will remember the rest of their lives. Character, character. Out walks. Jack Eichel, these kids erupt like they have seen the most special person in their entire lives up to this point. He walks out. I am not kidding you when I say this. He looked at all of the kids and the parents and everybody was screaming and yelling and just like, oh my God. And he turned around he gave an eye roll like it was the worst thing he's ever seen in his entire life, turned around and walked back past the uh, curtains. The kids stopped, looked at their parents. The parents are looking at me, looking at everybody else. And Jack didn't come out and sign any autographs. But I'm going to tell you right now. I want everybody to realize this, and I want everybody to hear this. You want to know who, who did come out? Now, it was, it was a loss, okay? It was a loss. Sabres lost in Long Island. I want you, I want, who came out to sign autographs? I don't know. How many, how many years ago was this? Five. Kyle Oposo. He, five years. Kyle Oposo. Kyle Oposo, listen to me. Kyle Oposo came and signed every single kid's jersey he signed every single paper he spent 20 minutes 20 minutes now you got to realize kyla poso played in long island for a number of years so he probably had friends family people that he wanted to see but he took the time and the effort to sign every kid's jersey and spoke to every single kid and we the, the kids left that night i'm not kidding you the kids to this day still talk about it. They still talk about Jack Eichel, his face, 
the eye roll, the head shake, and the disgust, and turned around and walked back. There was 30 to 35 people there. Kids with junior Sabres, Sabres jerseys on. You want to talk character? There's your character. And this has nothing to do with Jack on the ice and Jack's interviews and all this bullshit about this guy. This is the character of this guy. You want to know why I'm irritated? It's not, you not think I know things and hear things? It's a small city. This is true. This is true. I, and you know what? I'm not going to piggyback off that. That's a, it's a, it's a great story. It's not a great story because it's a great ending. It's a great story because it's, it's, it shines a bit of a light on, you know, the superstar that was here. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I, I don't want to turn so this do me into a favor. Read, read to me what you sent me this morning. Okay. So, Vegas Golden Knights, since they've been here in Buffalo, have lost two games since then. Last night they played and they lost a 5-4 game to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And one of the media guys who follows the team, right? 6-4, but that's, you know. 6-4 is one open enter. So one of the guys who, who tweeted that to you, right? It didn't tweet it to me. He's a media member. He didn't tweet it to me. He just no, no, tweeted no. Mark Sheeg or Sheg or S C H E I G. He's on Twitter. Blue check Mark, yep. uh, hockey journalist, credentials manager, uh, the hockey at the hockey writer, and uh, covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, basically, his tweet said, "Oh my God, this always happens, man." Like Does he know Jack Eichel? Jack Eichel's body language not looking so good. Just had three turnovers on his last shift. Hashtag Vegas born, by the way. Oh, yeah. You're all about the hashtags these days. Jack Eichel's body language, not looking so good. Mark Sheik does not know Jack Eichel. Okay. Enjoy it, Vegas. Good riddance. (laughs) Another anyway, thing. I let's missed. move on. No, no, let's no, 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 on. no. I do one thing. I missed something the other night, and I would have brought it up on the other show. The, the other show, meaning like number sixty-four, last episode. Um, I didn't see this until the next day. You know, I was just I was caught up in the whole moment of the game. Like the game was incredible to watch the other night. So, but I didn't see, I didn't see at the end there when when Cody Eakin did the neck roll on the face off. Did you see him do that? Like, did you yes, see? I did. Yeah. I, I didn't see that until whatever it was. I think Saturday morning, maybe it might've been Saturday. I can't remember, but this I is, did. This is what under a minute left in the game, but they, I guess they had been, the team had been saying shit and doing shit all night long, like to taunt him from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like it even got to the point where someone sent us a, uh, to a direct message to our Twitter uh, handle, our show Twitter. And, uh, it's a it's a raw footage of Jack, the someone sitting behind the Vegas bench, and just the fans. You can hear the ruthless shit they're yelling to him. But then there was also a play by the penalty box where one of the Sabres players went and just they got in Jack's way, bumped him, and then kind of pushed him. And Jack, you know, cross-checked him across like the lower pant, which is fine, no big deal. It's not a penalty or anything. But 
just his frustration level. So, I mean, it was like, they were, they were taunting him, but when Cody Eakin did that and I saw that, I, I wish I'd seen that before we recorded on Friday. Cause that would have come up. I mean, that would have definitely come up. But well, it kind of show, it kind of shows where, you know, how they, how, what they thought of Jack. I'll tell you right now, that's a captain of the team. That's yeah. a captain of the team for the last three years. Okay. And there's a number of those players that have played with Jack throughout their time and have, have dealt with him. Okay. And I'm not going to speak. I won't speak to what happens in the dressing room because I'm not there. Okay. So I'm not going to speak to what's in the dressing room, but I'll tell you right now, when you have Cody Eakin, that that's doing what he did. And this is trying to get in Jack's head, you know, rolling his neck. This is, this is, this is a player that obviously does not have a whole lot of respect for Jack Eichel. And to be honest with you, for me on Friday, you can sit there and I can listen to this young guy go and tear apart, you know, how they handled it medically and he can go and tear apart the three GMs and four coaches. And if he wants to tear apart the Pagulas for giving him $80 million as at, at 21, if he wants to do that, he can do whatever he wants. But I'll tell you right now, there's one thing for me that I cannot get my head around is that he's going to sit there and disrespect the fan base here in Buffalo. There's no way yeah, and, and, and you know what? I just got it off my chest. Yeah, and and you know what? And and that'll be the last time we mention it. I mean, obviously, with the response that came through on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you know, obviously we have to touch on that. So to the to the many of you that listened and replied and supported or even disagreed. I mean, there are people, there are media members out there that love to kiss Jack's ass and they were, they were apologetic for him and, and they are, you know, sitting out there saying, Oh, I understand his comments and I haven't even heard them directly. I'm just, I'm going based off what people have told me that they've heard, you know, other media members defending his comments. And I just think you can't defend that. So don't, don't, don't be an ass kisser. Don't kiss his ass just because, you know, you know, him. I mean, like, you know, the truth is real. So it's, it's, it's it, difficult though, because if you have a relationship with Jack Eichel, okay, that skews your opinion of, of how you see things over the course of the, his time here. Do you not agree? Yeah. So I can understand, uh, I mean, media they, they, members, um, siding, I wouldn't even say siding. I would say giving a, a different look through different lenses. Okay. And listen, I've said this, that, you know, Jack Eichel is a world-class player. He's one of the top players when he's playing and he's healthy and he's on his game. He's one of the best players in the world. Okay. And do I, do I honestly, and I can sit down and I've, I listen, I've read Twitter and I've read certain articles that are saying, well, the, you know, these GMs did support Jack. He had Ryan O'Reilly and Evander Kane and he had, uh, you know, Taylor Hall and all this, I, I get it. They did not support Jack 
with, with a strong group over the course of his six years that he was here in Buffalo. That's just my, my impression. By the time you're, by the time you're reaching year four, year five, year six in Jack's tenure here in Buffalo, that team should have been a very strong hockey team. They were not, they were not, it was not done properly. Um, and, uh, you know, Jack, Jack's attitude is not great, but you know, you only play this game once you only play it once and Jack wants to win games. And I don't think the Sabres were great in a lot of the decisions that they made surrounding Jack, who was supposed to be the franchise player. Um, okay. All right. Well, fair, fair enough. I'll give you that. I'll give you that, but um, let's move on. I mean, I it just, you know what, for a lot of people, I think your comments the other day uh, telling the, the bold truth about it, I think was, a, was closure for a lot of people. That was a word that a lot of people use. Like this was closure. That scenario that took place the other night was closure for Sabre fans on a chapter that was, it was, those are miserable years. And it definitely looks like in the last couple of games, like the Sabres have turned a corner and they are more consistent. They're playing hard every single night. You know, that game yesterday against the Heritage Classic, again, I continue to doubt the Sabres. I don't bet against them, but I just, I thought the Leafs were going to come out after a, a tough lesson by the Sabres in, uh, at the MasterCard Center there in Toronto. I thought that the Leafs were going to come out yesterday. Now, granted, it's an outdoor game. It's, you know, the conditions, but both teams are going through it. Yeah. And I sat there and I watched the Sabres play yesterday, and I think, my God, they came to play again. By the way, did you see their uniforms, the outfits they wore in to the uh, the, the the Flint drop the Flint drop I mean, you had no Toronto had they they had the Stelco Steel uh, outfits on, you know, and I thought that was a good uh, uh, homage to you know the Hamilton Steel workers and the hard blue collar um, heart and soul workers of that city that for yeah. decades and centuries even have made that, you know, my dad grew up in Hamilton. My dad worked at Stelco steel as a kid. Um, you know, like, so, you know, 16 years old going around, I remember him telling me about the jobs that he had at Stelco. I have friends that work at those steel mills and, you know, in those factories and stuff and in the shipping yard. So, I mean, it's, it's a hard working, you know, blue collar town. And I was, I was, I thought it was cool that the Leafs did that. Now you got the Sabres that roll in courtesy of Cody Eakins idea wearing the, the Flint tropics. And I mean, it's almost, they almost kind of are the Flint tropics, nothing to lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got nothing to lose. I mean, then they showed up and they played an unbelievable hockey game. I mean, it was, that was a great hockey game and th they are starting to piss the Leafs off, man. I mean, I, I don't want to get into the Leafs right now and where, where they're going, but the Sabres are going in the other direction. Yeah, I, I listen, I mean, <laughs> Leaf Nation right now, Leaf Nation right now is not a very confident group. Now, you can go and look at Austin Matthews and say to yourself, have we have one of the best players in the world. 45 goals he has right now. 45 goals. He is 
damn near unstoppable. And when he's on the ice, he can score at any given moment. Um, Mitch Marner is, is, is a world-class player. They have some really, really nice chemistry up front that line, but holy jumping that defense core. I mean, I I'm, I'm really worried for Toronto. And I know that Morazic, know that Campbell, they struggle. There's some, there's, I mean, when things go wrong, it, it gets magnified by a hundred. And the goaltending is not, has not been great right now. But I'll tell you, the, the defense core is going to be concerning moving forward for Toronto. They have the, they have the offense. But what do you think a, of that cross check by Matthews? That's yeah, they're 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 trending that way. What do you think of this the cross check by Matthews? You know what? I don't even want to discuss it right now because we're gonna be we're gonna be talking, you know, so much about that. I think today, instead of me giving my opinion on Matthews, I want to I want to not talk about you know Austin Matthews and what's going to happen with him but I I want to take a minute because we only have a couple more minutes here before we get on with Elliot Freeman there are some players on this team on on the Sabres that are, have really played well and and there's there's guys like Peyton Krebs who have scored some big big goals in the last number of games. And I, and I looked him up. He's 20 years old when he started this year, his first season in the national hockey league. He's just turned 21. He is getting better. Every game that he plays, you can see from the start when he came here and when he started in Vegas, he played nine games. He had no points. He was a minus player. And now you're looking at this young guy and his talents moving forward. He just turned 21 years old. He is going to be an incredible player as he starts to gain more confidence and strength moving forward. He is going to be a great player. And you look at the centerman that he's playing with Dylan cousins, Dylan cousins has had, you know, an up and down season in the sense that he's had a, he's had a big responsibility and a lot of nights where he's playing against the top teams, you look at Dylan Cousins laying out, you know, Austin Matthews with a real strong, stiff, clean body check. And you look at you look at the reaction from Toronto. They went after uh, Dylan Cousins, and that's totally fine. I, I I I I have no problem with that whatsoever. But Dylan Cousins has played some really really good hockey too. And the last player I'm going to say. And I'm going to tell you, he is a shining light for me. Matthias Samuelson, we have a gem in this young man. We have a gem in this young man. His poise, his big body, he's physical. He's the way he moves the puck, the way he box out in front of the net, the things that he does. Right now, in his first year, okay, he's only played, you know, how many games? He's played 22 games. Like, he hasn't even played a full season in the National Hockey League. To me, we have a gem in this young guy 
moving forward, 22 years of age, be very, very pleased with what we have on the back end with Rasmus Dahlin, with Matthias Samuelson, and we're going to have Owen Power going to be coming in here very, very soon. There is a lot of really, really good signs uh, moving forward with this group. So that's all I got. All right. Well, I don't know what else to say, to be quite honest with you. Not too often in my left speechless, but Elliot's going to come on and we'll talk to him about the suspension. Um, a lot of people out there, you know, we sent out a tweet from the uh, show account last night. A lot of people think two, three games sent it to the group chat. Yep. What did JR say? I mean, he's coming on Wednesday, but he'll be able to talk about what did he say? Three games. I mean, definitely said suspension. I, I can't remember. I mean, you know, Gio was in on that as well, but yeah, I, I had, I had mentioned two and listen, I mean, if this was Brad Marchand, he'd be suspended for 15, 15 games. Um, I said two games, Brian Gionta said three games and Jeremy Roenick said uh, 10,000%. It's going to be three games. Um, what, what's going to happen right now is George Peros, the head of player safety, is going to look at this. It is a vicious, and I mean vicious, intent. This, but it's Austin Matthews. It's Austin Matthews. He's going to be suspended. He's going to be suspended, but he is not going to have the book thrown at him. He is really not that type of player. Um, this was emotions at, at the extreme. I'm sure if, you know, Toronto sends this in, they're going to be like, listen, he did something wrong. There's no denying it. We just hope that, you know, you look at this as, you know, Austin making a mistake in the heat of battle and don't throw the book at us. Cause he's had no priors. He, and he's just not that type of player. So he, he's going to get suspended. I could, I could see them going as low as one game and having him just say, listen, you can't be doing this, but we're going to find out. I mean, it could be one game. It could be five games. Do you like the outdoor games? Like, do you like that heritage classic? I do. I do. And I look at the Heritage Classic. I look at, um, you know, just the difference between the very first Heritage Classic, which I played in, in Edmonton, and looking at the difference and the changes in which they've made to make it better. Um, I think they've done a nice job. I think they've not done a nice job. I think there's a lot of people that were bundled up, all cozy and warm, and they went there and they enjoyed not only a great hockey game that was played, but they enjoyed a great, the great atmosphere. And I think there's a lot of people, a lot of fans that really enjoy that type of setting. You know, I don't know how many, did, do you know how many people were there? Uh, it was a sellout. I mean, so what is that? 27,000 or something. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't, it, it seemed like it was a good time. It seemed like it, the, you know, with the live band and, um, I'm not really sure of uh, the girl that sang her name, Alyssa Kerr or something like that. But no, anyway, live music um, in between the intermissions. I think it was, uh, I think it looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I think it's just kind of worn out. It's welcome with me. I think, 
you know, like I don't understand the spectacle on TV. It, it doesn't really do anything. I mean, it's not, I, I don't, I'm not going to say it doesn't serve a purpose. I understand it. It's great. The players probably love it. You know, the fans probably love to get to watch a game outdoors, but I just sit and I think, you know, I just want to watch the game in a normal way. Were range. you part of an outdoor game? Yeah, I was. I played in the game here. So is I know that, you were you, too. You played in the do first. Do you kind of feel like it, you're, you're numb to it? Like you're an NHL player. You played in the league a long time. I mean, is this something that you're kind of sitting there going, been there, done that? Because there's a lot of people, young kids that are watching that with their parents at four o'clock on a Sunday. And they just, they think it's the greatest. And, and that's, and that's exactly it. Maybe it's not about the players. You know, maybe it's not about the players. Maybe it's a, you know, shut up and go play type moment. This is about the fans and, you know, creating a different environment and atmosphere and everything between, you know, I like the idea of the game in Hamilton between Toronto and Buffalo. I like that. I like taking a rivalry game and putting it there, but I also like seeing that rivalry game on, you know, in a normal rank where, you know, you don't have the, you know, the, uh, the weather conditions to affect the game or the outcome of the game. Cause I'm sure it played some kind of a part in that. I'm sure it was, you know, it, it, I'm not saying it didn't benefit any one team over the other because they're both, like I said, yeah, they're both living through it, but I just simply think, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't know, just play that game in a normal rink and, but that wouldn't be an outdoor plays. game. It wouldn't be a heritage classic. And I get you wouldn't no. be able to see Kevin Adams, you know, all bundled up, standing by the glass. You wouldn't see the owner of the Buffalo Sabres, Terry Pagula, with his, you know, malted, the half malted and the, and the leather arms. And, uh, um, and the, whole time, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, someone get Terry a uh, toque. The guy, hey, it's freezing down there. I just, did you see Dubas and Shanahan? I just look at Dubas and I just laugh. I just laugh, man, when every time I see Kyle Dubas, Shanahan's cool as shit. He's a, he's a cool guy. I just look at Dubas and I just think to myself, I'm like, Oh my God. Oh yeah. But you got to understand any, any move that Dubas is making. It's Shanahan too. So don't shit on Dubas. Don't sit there and say, Oh my God, Dubas is that's what a stupid trade that was because that trade is, is Brendan Shanahan too. I don't know. Isn't he the analytics guy, Dubas? Isn't, isn't part of this, uh, you know, an analytics course, uh, type team that they're, they're building there. Culture's a buzzword. According to him years and years ago, you never, you never retract that statement. You either feel that way or you don't. So, well, it's hard speaking that way when you have Brandon Shanahan, who's all about team camaraderie. hundred percent. So hundred percent. All right. Coming up next, Elliot Friedman. Elliot, hey guys. Well, what time's the nine thirty meeting? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> how was uh, how was your night yesterday? Do you guys do you guys do any celebrating after the Heritage Classic? No, you know, actually, last night we um, we all went home, uh, but uh, you know, we did. We got together Friday night, and we got to in um, Hamilton, and we got together Saturday night after the after the broadcast leading into Sunday. And of course we lost an hour. So I guess I was just catching up on sleep is, is the better way of putting it. So what is a Friday and Saturday night with uh, Elliot Friedman look like? <laughs> They're a lot less exciting than they used to be. I will, I will tell you that. Um, 
I I would say this that Friday night we went out for dinner at the keg and we had a good night. Uh, we didn't we didn't go out until nine o'clock. You're not really supposed to eat steak that late at night, so we violated one of the rules of good uh, good stomach health. But we had a great night and Saturday. When you're when you're old. When you're old, yes. I don't yeah. even think you should do it when you're young, Craig. But when you're old, not not either. Makes for a great Dutch oven. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> How old are you? Like five? I am right uh, now. I am right now. And then Saturday night, you know, we didn't get off air till close to 1 a.m. And, uh, you know, because it flipped ahead. So, you know, you didn't get to bed till close to, to four. So it was a good night, though. All right. So let, let's let's just rewind a couple of days. Lots happened um, yep. in, the, in the last few days. So before we get to the Sabres Leafs Heritage Classic and obviously trade deadline looming next Monday, um, Thursday night, an emotional return for Jack Eichel. Uh, yep. I, I know there was a, all eyes of the hockey world were on it. I know Elliot Friedman's eyes were on that game as well. Yep. Um, overall take of the return, the emotions, and, you know, obviously the – the eyebrow raising comments after the game. You know, let's start with the comments first. Cause I saw Craig's tweet. Obviously that got retweeted into my timeline. Uh, well, if you haven't bit. heard episode 64, I highly recommend you. Go yeah, and, listen to that. And, and you know, I heard what he had to say. And you know, the one thing, the one thing I'll say is that uh, there's two things I'll say. Number one, we always say that we, we rip hockey players for being boring well, if we're going to rip them for being boring, we can't rip them when, when we're honest. You can't have it both. You can't have it both ways. And number two, you know, my number one reaction to what uh, Eichel said was that he was hurt. Um, it bothered him a lot that he got booed. And, you know, whether you agree or disagree with him being booed, I think the fact that he got booed and they lost the game really affected him. And it's it's that simple. I, you know, if you listen to his comments going in the week, the ones to ESPN and then the ones to the, all the reporters the day before the game, it was very clear to him that he hoped that he would be received very well. And, you know, his time in Buffalo was meaningful to him. And then to be booed and to hear his video be met with as many boos as it was, and then they lose a big game. He was hurt and he snapped. And, uh, you know, he's and I everyone can react how they want to react. They don't have a problem with it. But I, I think if the Sabres fans want to know that if Jack Eichel was really hurt by the reception he received, his comment was the it was your answer. And the answer was yes. I feel like Craig is chomping at the bit to get in there and, and say something. But I, you know, well, I, do I want to throw more gasoline on the fire? I'm going to tell you, I said what I said on Friday. And there's a lot of things I've said in my life. Mm-hmm. that I regret. Mm-hmm. And I, and I would look back at that and, and say to myself, you know, I think you could have chose different words, a different way to describe all that kind of stuff. Well, this is not one of those times, Elliot, because I believe exactly what I said. I believe it hits him right on the head and all the stuff that you're talking about, the lead up, the lead up to coming back to Buffalo, big spectacle, every, this is national media that we're watching this. It was all scripted. Okay. If you don't think that his, his agent was telling him and guiding him exactly what to say, then I, 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 his agent knows exactly what he's seen over the last number of years and the way Jack speaks to the media. Okay. Jack after the game, that's Jack. That's real Jack. Cause no one was there to protect them. 
It was all about his emotion getting the better of him yet again. Yeah, you know, first of all, I don't, I don't see why you should change your opinion, Craig. You know, your opinion is your opinion. I, I don't see why yeah. you should feel the need to change your mind or take back what you said. I, I don't, I don't understand why you would. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I mean, yeah, and and listen, I mean, you know, the one thing, the one thing I would disagree with you on, I don't think Jack Eichel's agent tells Jack Eichel what to do. Was it? You don't think that there was any dialogue with him? There might be, but I think Jack Eichel makes his call. You, you, I mean, you know, I well, think, Jack Eichel's the one who has to speak, but I, no, I would, no, 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 do you, no, no. but I don't think like, like Jack Eichel makes the calls here. And, and do I think it was scripted leading up to it? Yes. I think he held back, but I think that was his choice. You know, his reaction on, on Thursday night after the game, like, I, like I really believe this Craig. And I, I, I think he wanted to have a good reaction. I think he did. I think he wanted to win the game, and I think he wanted – because he really feels in Buffalo, rightly or wrongly, that at the end he he feels he gave it his best um, and that at the end he was prevented from getting the medical care that he he wanted. And uh, he feels he's right for that. And I think it was a shock to him that fans disagreed. Mm-hmm. I absolutely think it was. And, you know, but again, like I don't have any problem with any of this. Fans are fans. Just like Jack Eichel is entitled to think the way he thinks. Craig Reve is entitled to think the way yep. he thinks. And the fans are, they pay for the tickets. They are entitled to react the way, as long as it's not abusive or over the line. And I didn't see anything that was abusive or over the line. You know, th- this is life. There's, there were, 20,000 people in the building and not everybody's going to see it the same way. Jack Eichel sees it his way. The Sabres fans see it their way. Craig Reves sees it his way. That's life. Not everybody's going to see it the same way. I wonder Elliot though, because if it were just the neck, if there would be a different reception for him, because you spoke to him the day he was traded. Yeah. And And that's why I think Jack Eichel was doing that interview that day whether he was traded or not. And that's why I say Jack Eichel makes his own calls. He has an agent. Uh, you know, he had one to start this whole saga, a different one to end the whole saga. And he takes, you know, he'll take advice. But you guys know Eichel. He is Boston through and through. He does it his way. Yeah, but he told you that in that interview, and it was the first time that he'd ever said it, that he asked for a trade the year before. That's correct? right. Yeah. And I think that might be the area in which the fans hear something and they target it because he asked to be traded the year before. That's where I think the fans find the disdain for him because this, this market, which I know you're very familiar with. Yeah. They, they don't want star players or any player, but star players in in particular to want to leave their city and their franchise. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I think that's just, that's just kind of how it, how it played out. So you know, I, I mean, I, I think it was maybe even that more more than it was the neck. Um, maybe, Craig. I mean, Craig, you guys are there, Craig. I, I don't know if I don't know if there's any more you want to add add to that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like we can put a nail in the. You know what? I, Jack, yeah, I, hurt, I mean, it's but. it's it's a little bit of closure for everybody. You know, it was the most anticipated game. It was a circled game for the not only the Sabers hockey team but the Sabres fan base, there was a lot of, 
you know, anxiety, I think for even fans sitting at home because they wanted so desperately to do well and win Mm -hmm. this game against Jack Eichel and the Vegas Golden Knights. Jack Eichel got traded to a team that at the time when he was traded was considered a Stanley cup contender. And I would think after the 13, 14 games that Jack's played for the team, I wouldn't nearly call them a, a Stanley cup contender right now. They're, they're just hanging they're a mess on right to, now. They're a mess right now. I, who's going to galvanize that group. Their captain of the team is out Mark stone, who I think is obviously a, a big loss because not only does he play well offensively, he's a very, very good defensive player. You insert, you know, Jack Eichel, but who's galvanizing the group. Who's, who's the, who's going to turn this around in the dressing room. Cause I don't think it's going to be Jack. Well, it's obviously not right now. Um, you know, to be honest, like, I think the bigger news in Buffalo should be, it looks like this team is having a resurgence. You know, for the first, when was the last time anybody felt this optimistic about the Sabres? In quite some time. Is that, is that the biggest win you guys have had in a decade? Which one, the Vegas or Toronto? Yeah, the Vegas. Yes. Yeah, and I said to Craig the other day, I said that's that was the most anticipated game that I can remember looking forward to watching in 11 years, 10, 11 years. Minus Jack's first game as a Sabre. I mean, that is the biggest game in this franchise's history in the last 10 years, and it did not disappoint. And the Sabres were actually on the right side of the outcome. They were on the right side of the drama. Um, For once. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. But I think you're right, Elliot. I mean, it sounds like that's what you're seeing up there, too. You saw them firsthand yesterday. They look good. See, like, that's the thing. Like, uh, I understand, you know, the, all the anger with Eichel and everything. Is, is, that's how everyone feels. But I don't know. I've always kind of looked at things. It's like an ex-girlfriend, right? If if the ex-girlfriend doesn't want to go out with you anymore, well, that's her loss. And you should worry about the girl who is willing to go out with you. And right now, the girl who is going willing to go out with you, and this is kind of weird to say, is is Dylan Cousins, or it's or it's Rasmus Dahlin, who is quietly having a, a huge is taking a huge step in their yes, development. It's Alex Tuck, or it's Peyton Krebs. I mean, it's Craig Anderson. You know, those are the people. Like rather than you know uh, talk about Eichel, which I understand why everybody does because it's emotional and you got that win over him. I think in general, uh, I would be much more excited plugging the group that looks like it's coming. You know, it, it, I was thinking about that game last night. Um, you know, what happened at the end of the game with Matthews and Dalene? Um, number one, the thing I liked, you know, even though I didn't like the cross check for Matthews, I liked the fact that these were two number one draft picks who weren't willing to give an inch to each other. I, I thought that was fantastic. And I also like that when Cousins ran over Matthews after the penalties, and I didn't think that was like, I thought that was more of almost like an accident that Matthews fell over than anything else. I liked the fact that Cousins tried it. And then I liked, cause he was standing up in, in a way he's sending a message on Dalene's behalf. And then 
you know, I thought, and then Mikheyev coming to Matthew's aid saying, no, 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 you can't go after our best player like that. Like, I, I think it, you know, I, like, it, I, like the Sabres are showing a spirit that they haven't showed in a long time. And I think that went over Vegas. I told this story on our podcast the other day. When Curtis Joseph left the Maple Leafs, he was a hugely popular player. He had the second highest selling jersey on the team, I think, behind Matt Sundin. And they had a game where Detroit came back to Toronto and he didn't start. Um, Manny Legacy, or I think was it Manny Legacy? I think it was Manny Legacy. I think he started that game. And the Leaf fans had, had were yet to embrace Ed Belfour yet because he was the free agent who signed to replace him. But that night, um, Belfour had a huge game against a really good Detroit team, and it was a 2-1 game. Uh, and the fans started really cheering for Belfour. They really rallied behind him because Joseph wasn't playing and Belfour was hot. And that was the game that really launched Ed Belfour's acceptance in Toronto. And I, I that remain that game on Thursday remind me of it. It was the game where I think the Buffalo Sabers, for everything they've been trying to sell to their fans, that this is a new group that's going to be a good group together. That game on the Thursday was the first time the fans believed it, and and I think yep. the Sabers now have now they have their opportunity. It's a new era. They did not want to get torched by Eichel in Vegas, and they did everything in their power. And there was there was a lot to play for that night. Craig and Anderson they looked good. They yeah, there was a lot good. of storylines starting with the 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 Vegas Golden Knights game. I mean, you have Peyton Krebs score the first goal. You have Alex Tuck score. You the know, sealer the, empty netter. The sealer, which was yeah. a, a a not a giveaway by by Jack, because it's not a giveaway, but it a was a big defensive goal. play by Tuck. That's yeah. right. Um, you know, the, the Anderson 300, uh, wins. And there was also two fights in that game that the Sabres are, have been, you know, I've, I've spoken about this for a long time that it, it, they've really lacked that team toughness, team camaraderie. And there was two fights in that game that, uh, really sparked, I think the group spark the uh the 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 fans that were in the stands that night there was a lot of great things moving forward and you can actually start to see this you know start to roll downhill instead of you know trying to push this great big huge stone uphill it's it's things are going well they have a nice young group nice young core you know you mentioned all those players before you forgot tage thompson yeah he's leading the team in goals and points you can, and I'm going to tell you this, Elliot, this is a guy that we, we were going to, we're going to be talking a lot about. And here's the thing. He's going to be pumped a, his tires like last week or something. So it's not like you forgot him. All right. I'm, I'm not even, got, I, I'm not even done the guy. Elliot. I'm going to tell you, I'm not even going to guy. The guy that I'm going to tell you about is a guy that probably will not get a whole lot of recognition because you're going to have Rasmus Dahlin and Owen powers that are going to overshadow everything. But mm-hmm. Matthias Samuelson right now at six foot five, 230 pounds. Elliot, this kid can play the game, the poise, the physicality. Yep. Um, he's defensively responsible and he can skate. He's just a smooth, def- always in the right position. An incredible, incredible add to that defense core moving forward. Yeah, I, I think he's uh, like, like, uh, I just think that, it's it's not that it's not necessarily you just have young players because you've had young players before, but 
Granado seems to have found a way to make them all believe in themselves and believe yeah. in what they're asked to do out there. PD doesn't think so, though. Oh my God! Would you? Would you? Eat shit. Go, go ahead, Elliot. Just, go ahead. Uh, uh, no, I, I think he was finished making his point. Were you finished making your yes, point before I Craig Piles? You know, Craig, you have a way of spinning and making me look like the bad guy. And I'm not getting into this with you right now because we only have limited time with our guests here. Okay. So no, no, I, 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 I'm personal. You, you I'm are, you this. are, you, you're the one who said uh, that he's an experiment. Quit living, quit living in the past. He's, well, a, he's a cheap, can, he's a cheap experiment. out. Well, how is that experiment working out for you right well, now? Well, you know what? Yeah, you know what? After the Vegas game, team looks pretty good. Let's see if they can keep keep it rolling here, Craig. All right. I've always said I'd be willing, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong yet. There's still a lot that needs to be seen, but yeah, things are looking good. Elliot. What what is this all about? Like what what don't you like? Just out of curiosity. Why do you gotta go there? why we'll ask you the questions, Elliot. Okay, sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> no, nothing. I just <laughs> sorry. Oh, perfect. Look at it. he's all flustered. He's knocking perfect. his microphone uh, out. Perfect this is what happens. Go ahead, Nant. I'd like to hear. Flustered. I'm hardly flustered. I just, you know, it's good to move on from conversations. Nothing, Ellie. Last week, the Sabers laid an egg. They, they, there have been nights where they have looked terrible in their defensive zone, and I have pointed out areas that I think are critical coaching um, letdowns on certain nights. So, you know, it's like, yeah, the team, the team has looked a lot better. There are players, there's, there are definite bright spots. I said to Craig, I said, I think Don Granato was an inexpensive experiment for Kevin Adams. Cause they, they still paying Ralph Kruger. They're still probably paying one of the GMs from the past. They might still be paying Housley. There might be two other coaches between there and there that I can't remember that they're paying to not work here. So I'm like, you know, I, I don't think their intention was to go out and find a two or three or $4 million coach this year. And I think Don Granato was there. And I think they, they gave him a chance. Simple as that. There's nothing wrong with that thought. That was my train of thought is that I think it was a cost effective coaching choice um, for the Sabres this year. And yeah, it's, it's panning out in some areas. And then there are nights where this team looks completely lost. Like I've heard things as simple as this team has been told players have been told not to hit, not to throw body checks from Don Granado. That has been instructed by the coach on, I, I don't know if it's to a certain amount of players or whatever. So these are things that I've brought up. Simple as that. There are things that I've pointed out. So as long as the team continues to improve and they continue to play hard for their coach, then I'm fine being wrong. And I look, I look wrong the last couple of games, but I don't know if that Vegas game was coaching as much as it was emotion. There's a lot of emotion and the players rose to the challenge. Period. End of story. Can we move on now, or do you care to comment? No, I just, that checking thing is interesting to me. Well, do some research. You're the insider. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like this is what I get all the time, Elliot. Look at how defensive he is right now. He's attacking. You're attacking. Elliot Freeman. Can I? Can we not have fun with it? Why does it have to be? Why does everything have to be such a serious argument? That's what I don't understand about pro sports and these vultures on Twitter. I sit and I listen, and I'm like, why? Why do we get so serious and so revved up and with so much hatred and and fire and like you know animosity around uh, sports opinions? I mean, my God, 
just sports, man. Like I'm entitled to my opinion and look at the reaction I get out of you, Craig. I think that's the real, you're the only guy who's throwing the venom. I'm looking at Don Granado, and the reason why he has the job is guys like Rasmus Dahlin, Yoki Haru, um, Casey Middlestat was summoned to the, the practice squad. He gave all of these young guys an opportunity, and they completely took off under Don Granado. Now you look at him this year. He has inherited a young hockey okay. team. Can and we talk? Every earlier. one of these guys are starting to flourish. Are they full and rounded yet? No, they're not, but they're going in the right direction. You know what, Elliot? You're a genius, man. You come on here, you're tired, you throw the you throw the gas on the fire. So we go at it and you just sit there and 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 relax. How was the atmosphere yesterday before we get into the Matthews uh, uh hearing? I, I have to uh I have to say that uh it was great. You know, we've been closed uh, in, in Ontario for a long time, we're opening back up again. It was the right event at the right time. People just love being out with each other. It was great. We had a fantastic time. Like what was the, what was the, uh, percentages? Was it heavy Leafs? Were there a good, good amount of Sabres? It was heavy Leafs, but there were a good amount of Sabres fans there. I saw a few Sabres jerseys, but it was heavy Leafs. Like don't forget at the time, you know, even though it was a Sabres home game, don't forget at the time that, you know, people didn't really know, would you be allowed to cross the border and things like that? Right. And also don't forget how many Sabres fans over the years have made good money selling their tickets to leave fans. So, you know, I, I, I think all of that played into it. Okay. Um, Austin Matthews cross-checked the Darlene's face, yep. ear, chin, head. The Department of Player Safety announcing that they're, that Austin Matthews will have a hearing, not an in-person, but a hearing today. Yeah. What are we to expect from this hearing? Well, I, I think the thing that Matthews is in trouble for is that one of the one of the things I've, I've learned over the years is that if there's a cross check to the head or something like that, there's a big difference between if it's direct shot to the head or it's a roll up as in it hits the shoulder first and then rolls up to the head, which sometimes happens. This was not a roll up. This was a shot to the head. Uh, so I think a suspension is possible. I do. How many games? What do you think? I would say one or two, like he's got no history, right? Uh, he could get max fine. He could get max fine, which is see the fine goes up if you get a hearing, right? So, um, he, so we could get, I guess, ten thousand. Um, but I think I think a suspension is possible. You can't you can't cross check someone in the head like that. You cannot you cannot find this guy. He makes eleven point six million dollars. Yeah, but Craig, come, that's because find him ten grand. That's like yeah, but that's like Craig, someone that's your fault. <laughs> Why is that his fault? Because you were one of the pl- and you, you were an NHLPA negotiator. You were the guys who argued that uh, fine should be lower. That was your generation of player. So if you got a problem with the fine, you guys got to look in the mirror for that one. I was only there for the free computer, so I, I didn't make those, <laughs> I didn't make those decisions. At least, at least he's honest about it. All right. Well, I, I think it should be a couple games for sure. I Weren't mean, you on the PA uh, executive committee, PD? 
Yes, I was on. I was the player rep for the Sabers. So if Matthews, if Matthews only gets a ten thousand dollar fine, you have to go on social media and say this is all. My Are you fault. sure? I mean, fault. like that oh, was yeah. one of the other CBAs that that came down, or was that you? Like now, remember, I wasn't a player rep for the for the negotiation of the CBA. What year was this rule changed? Because I was a player. Actually, rep. I gotta I gotta tell you, it might have been before you, but I I just Thank think you. it's more fun to blame both of those guys. Like yeah, yeah, you know, but. I'll, I'll go ahead. See there that. has to, there has to be a one game suspension. I said two game suspension. I think that that would be appropriate. One game suspension would not surprise me, but he needs to get suspended. This is a vicious cross check. It was a vicious battle. So there's no question about it for him to get a fine, whether it's $2,000 or $25,000, the guy makes $11.6 million. This cannot, this cannot happen. I, I would be shocked. And here's the thing. The reason why he's only getting one game or two, like we talked about, is that he has no prior. He's not a dirty player by any stretch of the imagination. So it's, it's an emotional situation. Yep. I just think a one-game suspension to kind of show him, hey, this is not something that you can do. And if you were Brad Marchand, you might be suspended the rest of the year. But... He has no priors. Yeah, but but Brad, that's different. Like Brad Marchand has a history. Yes. Austin Matthews doesn't, and that's relevant. It's absolutely relevant. Well, now, I, I, I'll say this: he lo- he lost his cool. He did something he shouldn't have done. He'll get yep. some kind of penalty for it. And you know, I mean that that's the. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a one game suspension. That was a and, that was a nasty play. Yeah, and I also wouldn't be surprised if he got the suspension because he's Austin Matthews. He's got forty five goals, and people pay to watch this young man play, and he's not a dirty player. Mm-hmm. So I can see him getting a fine too. Mm-hmm. Trade deadline coming up next Monday, Elliot. I would imagine that it's going to be tough for us to get you on next Monday. Here, yeah, I don't think okay. I'm going to be. I'm not going to be on next Monday. <laughs> all right, would, all right, all right. Well, maybe we can get you on Tuesday to recap everything that well, happened. I, I maybe I wouldn't say Tuesday, but I'll do it later in the week. I'll okay. I'll probably want to breather Tuesday. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We'll we'll allow. Petey that. and I. <laughs> Thanks, Petey. I appreciate that. Petey and I were discussing this, and we just need some clarification because we don't really understand how it all works. Okay. And we're talking about, you know, the Sabres taking on salary. Yeah. And can you describe to us? So there's a player on the long-term injury reserve for the Sabres and that's Johnny Boychuk. Yeah. So if somebody, let's just say a team that's in cap trouble. Yeah. Acquires Johnny Boychuk. Mm-hmm. And they put him on their roster and then put him on long-term IR. Did they get yeah. a six million dollar cap relief? It depends on how close to the cap they are. Like the way you get so basically the goal is okay, let's just say that let, let's just say that you're a team. It depends. So let's just say for argument's sake, uh Toronto wants to trade for Johnny Boychuk. Okay then what they can do is hold on just one sec guys hey bud what's up i'll I'll take okay so let's start that again so so craig let's just imagine you're the toronto maple leaves right and you need some cap room and you're interested in johnny boychuk what you do is okay let's just say you're three million under the cap if you're three million under the cap 
and you acquire Johnny Boychuk and you put him on LTIR, technically what you have to do is you have to spend $3 million to get to the cap, and then you get the $3 million to play with. And that's what you can do. So the goal for these teams is sometimes when they know they're going on LTIR, they call people up, they put them right to the edge of the cap, and then they put the player on LTIR so they can get the most money they can. But yes, that's basically to make it easy. That's the way it generally works. So Johnny Boychuk, is he going to be somewhat of a desired asset that the Sabres can use to acquire a draft pick or, or, or a younger player? It, it, it might happen that way. The, the thing is, most teams right now are already in LTIR, at least the teams that are trying to make trades. The way the Sabres are going to help to help people is the fact that if you look at every team by cap space, and I'm just looking at it right now, the Sabres have the most cap space available in the NHL. They're at almost $15 million. So the way that they're going to help people, um, uh, Craig, is, is they are going to, like, for example, let's say Claude Giroux gets traded from Philadelphia to Colorado. Colorado doesn't have the cap space to take on the full 825 from Philadelphia. So what might happen is Claude Giroux gets traded from Philadelphia to Buffalo and then from Buffalo to Colorado and the Sabres get an extra draft pick or something or a prospect or something. for, for Because they'll eat, they'll eat part of yes. Giroux's contract. Yes, for the rest so of what, this year. What kind of compensation – would would it be to to orchestrate this this deal? Well, if you take a look at some recent situations where a team facilitated deals, it's usually like a mid round draft pick. That's what it usually is. Okay. Yeah, I think the I think San Jose did a trade where where they held Vegas and got a fourth or fifth rounder. I know Toronto got a fifth rounder once. Like that's generally what happens is it goes through, you, you get a mid round draft pick. So what are we expecting? What are we expecting next, next Monday? Are we expecting deals to start happening like this week? Or are we, and are we going to see the Sabres active? Cause I know Seattle's also kind of offered their salary cap space to help teams as well. Well, I, I think right now, um, I, I think right now that. It's basically there's so many defensemen available, Andrew, that teams have to decide which defensemen they're going to take. Like I think it's I think it's a buyer's market because there's a lot of sellers. So they're looking at the prices and they're saying, you know, we're not paying these prices, and we'll see what we decide. We'll see which one of you backs down or maybe drops your prices as we get closer. Um, the other thing too is is hurdle signing. We're going to know this week, I think. Okay. Uh, is is Anaheim going to keep any of their guys? We'll we'll know probably this week. So uh, I, I think you know, are people going to get serious about Giroux? Yes, I think they are this week. Um, I think we've just been waiting to get some closure on some of these other situations. So when you look at the the Buffalo Sabers and the situation they're at, they're obviously not making the playoffs. Um, they do have a young team. They, they see the light and, and, and really starting to move forward. You have players. We mentioned Owen power could be coming in once his, uh, college season is over. 
There has been talk about trying to maybe acquire a defense partner that is established that can really help out this young player. My question is, as much as the Sabres are going to be sellers, will they also have the mindset of being buyers to make this team better, not only on the defense core, but on, on the forward line also? I, I think you're going to see this stuff all over the map. Like, like, you know, like, like I think there's some teams out there that really know what they want to do, but I think there's some teams out there like the Leafs and the blues that are considering multiple things. Like, like I, I look at Toronto. What's the number one priority? Uh, Goal tenants. See, that's the thing. Like, I know some people say goaltending and some people say D. I think goaltending is the obvious thing, but I don't think their defensive play has been all that great either. So, you know, that's the scary thing for them right now, Craig, is that they're right before the trade deadline. All of a sudden, it's like a 1950s cartoon where Donald Duck is trying to block all the the leaks in the dam, right? You're sitting there saying, how many problems do we have to fix? Yeah, Toronto's in a heap of trouble. I I would be more concerned with the defense core than the goaltending. I know that their goaltending has struggled, but I think both goaltenders, if, if maybe had some heat taken off them would not be the focus would not have the pressure on them. Their defense core right now is, is a struggle. And I mean, going into the playoffs, once you start playing against elite teams in the playoffs, I think they're really, really going to have a hard time unless they can do, and it's not just one move on defense. I mean, they need two significant moves on defense to be competitive. I think. I think it's both. I I have to tell you, it's both defense and it's, and it's goaltending. Like you you just can't look at Morazic after the last couple of games and feel that you're comfortable here. You you can't. And you know, I think the problem is, is that Edmonton was looking at goaltending early on. And unless you, unless it's flurry, is there a really huge upgrade out there? You know what team I'm watching, Elliot? What's I'm watching that? the Edmonton Oilers? I'm watching the Edmonton Oilers, and I'm I would love to see a turnaround there, and I would love mm-hmm. to see an epic playoff run by them because it just would be just a season for the ages for them. Talk about a roller coaster. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see what they're going to do at the deadline too. What are we missing, Elliot? What's what's the uh, what's uh, what's laying under the big rock that you're turning over? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's. I always think there's one deal that comes out of the from nowhere, guys, and and I'm, I wonder what it is. Um, like last year, there was that Anthony Mantha for Jacob Vrana deal between Washington and Detroit. Silent, like I, just like, out of nowhere. I had no idea that one was coming. Like someone told me that Colorado and Toronto were talking and I'm trying to figure out what that is, what that is. Hmm. And I I think there's some whoppers out there. There's always something that comes out of nowhere, always something. And uh, I'm really curious to see what it's going to be. I'm going to dissect that one and I'll have an answer for you. (laughs) Thanks for your time, Elliot. All right, guys. Sorry. Yeah. It's been two weeks in a row. I've been late. It's been three. Not good. Three? Oh, God. Even worse. <laughs> but who's, count- who's counting? Yeah. You know, listen, we're only going to Morton's uh, Steakhouse uh, on your fine money, so it's I not know. a big deal. That's pathetic. 
<laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate Thanks, it, Elliot. All right, guys. Take care. See ya. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.